Welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. I'm Liz. And I won't stop the bad puns from coming. Wow. I, I hear you all, and you did not like that Starfield bad pun. Well, guess what? Welcome to my life. Boom. <laughs> Just to let you in on a little inside about me. Uh, yes, I was born and raised in Philadelphia, but when my parents divorced, uh, me and my mom lived with my grandparents in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Not Philadelphia. The suburbs. So it was not the suburbs of Philadelphia. It was not Philadelphia. Well, it, that's what a suburb means. It's the suburb. It's outside. So it's outside of Philadelphia. It's the suburbs, right? Um, and I spent my formative years between the ages of two to around seven or eight years old yeah. with ma the majority of my time being in the suburbs. So guess what? I'm a Philly boy, but I'm also a white suburban kid. So the bad puns are on their way. Yeah. You also went to private school for a long time. I also went to private school for a long time. That's true. <laughs> bad puns are coming, people. <laughs> but so... Uh, usually this is the point in the show where I ask Liz, how you doing? However, um, I already know how both of our weeks have gone. I mean, you always know how my week's been. But well, that's true been. because we live in the same house also. Because we're married. We're married. That's true. But, anyway. But our week was a little bit on the rougher side. A little, a little bit more stressful than usual. Yeah, so I put on Twitter uh, on at uh, Ace the Grocer. Um, <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> thank you. Uh, that I'm sorry if I have seemed a little off this week. Uh, usually I handle things in my youth ministry pretty well, but there was a lot of things just piled onto me uh, in the terms of uh, a few kids <clears throat> reached out to me with some emotional distresses, which I'm fine with, and I will help oh, them with yeah. but it was like uh, you know one too many yeah and i usually take those stresses home with me and i'm mm -hmm. just like worry about them and stuff yeah so it was just like one too many kids i was like man this is a rough week for everybody and on top of that there was like some things i'm trying to plan out um getting things rolling and uh one of a person i'm not going to just mention uh a person came in, not going to say their position or who they are, a parent, um, came into my office and reamed me uh, for the job I'm doing, even though I've, you know, grown the youth ministry, you know, and all that, and told me that I should probably quit my job. Yeah. Because I look tired. So that's cool. Thanks for that. But, and it was just, I, I, I say this in a funny tone, it's because I'm over it at this point, but... Mm -hmm. You know, just it took it takes an emotional toll. Yeah. Uh so if I if we have seem a little off on Twitter, it's just because, you know, Liz is a part of this too. You know, yeah. uh when I whenever I come home, I'm she she sees it too and she feels for me. And she's had a rough week too, you know, with you know, she works in a CPA office and it's I've had a rough two months. Yeah. Guys, tax it's next next monday yeah next monday is tax day and my life goes back to normal and maybe i'll go back on twitter because honestly you say oh sorry if we seem off on twitter i haven't even been on twitter for like two months yeah like i don't really do anything i follow people back but other than that i don't even have the motivation to write <laughs> anything i haven't written any anything in my book for over a month yeah like it's been a stressful tax 
season. And I can't wait for it to be over and go on vacation. <laughs> I'm so ready for vacation. So this this week in particular, I think, was just a lot yeah, for it, both of us. it's just been a lot. But what's good about our marriage is just that we are there for each other. We've been through a lot together mm-hmm. over the past over 10 years at this point. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm just glad I have her and just, you know, just Aww. to be cute. But yeah, I, and we, we say this for two reasons. Two reasons we say this. One, we want this podcast to be very authentic. Uh, we don't want you to meet us somewhere like, oh, the, that's Adam and Liz from Games and Groceries. Uh, and you just find a different person. Yeah. So we want to give you that authentic personality. So that if you meet us and we seem stressed, you'll know. Oh, well, they both have anxiety problems, so they're probably just stressed out. Uh, the second we'll do re- our best for you, though. Yeah. <laughs> so the second reason is that going into our first segment, Movie Minutes, um, going into our fir- uh, first segment about Shazam, I feel like we gave it a lower rating. Now, we'll, we'll get to the rating later, but I feel like we gave it a lower rating because we saw this at the end of our stressful week mm-hmm. and going and we barely got it in the schedule to go see it too. yeah and go leading into a really long weekend for yeah. us so just keep that in mind that don't think that our rating is like the supreme rating there's a lot of people who really like this movie but we're gonna give our points about shazam but just to give you that kind of clarity that like okay they just had a stressful week maybe they didn't click with it enough yeah uh, but before we get into our first segment, I just want to give some shout outs. Uh, first of all, follow us on social media. I promise I'm going to be much more active on Twitter this week. Hopefully nothing happens. <laughs> Probably something will. But you can follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. You can follow us. We'll share the gaming news and what's going on. Uh, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. So you can follow us individually on Twitter and share your thoughts with us and just uh, hang out with us on Twitter pretty much uh also follow us on instagram games and groceries all one word we share uh behind the seats photos i share gaming memes on there so if you want to have a good time also go to instagram games and groceries all one word and definitely check out our website gamesandgroceries.com you can actually listen to our podcast through gamesandgroceries.com there's a really awesome web player on there and we're trying to redesign the website so Mm -hmm. it looks even cooler radio public's doing like a lot with the website Yeah, so definitely check out that. I write articles on there. Uh, you can read up on those. Tried to write an article this week, but couldn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely check out gamesorgroceries.com. Uh, and finally, we just want to give a final shout out to our boy, Absolute Prodigy. We give him a shout out every single episode just because we we believe in him. We'll, like, we, we love what he's doing on Twitch. So uh, definitely check him out, Absolute Prodigy on Twitch. Uh, this is also... A kick in the keister for him to get back on Twitch. But I'm sure he's stressed out too. But uh, yeah, definitely follow him. Absolute prodigy. Go give him some love too. I think that's the last of the shout outs, right? I believe so. Awesome. So without further ado, let's bring back the good energy here. We don't mean to bring you down with our horrible week. But let's bring back the good energy with our... Oh, I thought you were going to say something. Let's go into our first segment. Movie Minutes. 
Movie Minutes is a segment where we talk about the movies that we saw this week, whether it be on Netflix. We just got Hulu, by the way, so we're going to add that in mix. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, or in theaters in this case. And we like to talk about the movies that we saw, whether we recommend them or don't recommend them, or if it's a waste of time or not a waste of time. So this week's movie, as I said before, is the movie Shazam. Yeah. Overall thoughts. Go. Um. Well, I was really excited to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked really funny. I'm not a big fan of DC movies yeah. at all. Um, I do like Smallville. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I'm not a big DC person. Yeah. Um, so I was the fact that I was excited to see this movie was a big deal. Mm-hmm. But um, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. Um, it was funny. It was still funny. And it was a good story. Yeah. Especially since I knew nothing about Shazam. Like, I literally knew, know nothing. I've never heard mm-hmm. of Shazam until this movie came out. Right on. Um, I think most of my disappointment came from the fact that it's based in Philly. Yeah. This, you know, the kid that is Shazam is... Is in Philly. Is from Philadelphia. They live in Philadelphia. But they didn't make... They didn't even try to make it look like philadelphia like it's so easy to do like there's a scene on the train mm-hmm. on the l yeah yeah on the l but no one knows what that is like the yeah. train um but on the l and literally they didn't even try to make it look like the l like they literally just slapped frankfurt market line maps on there and called it the l now keep in mind we haven't been on the l in like a couple years I mean, they didn't redo the l's they didn't change the color of the l's they've always been blue okay i mean like I'm just saying, like, maybe they did, and we no, just don't know. Okay. They didn't. Okay. We were just on it last year. We were? To go to the Eagles parade. Oh, you're right. Yeah. We, and I still follow everyone from Philly. I would have seen an article that, they re, that they're that they wasting a ton of money to redesign the L stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Besides, they wouldn't get all new cars that were bigger. Yeah, true. These the L's that they used in this movie were much more spacious than the actual L. They were red, and they were plastic cushions now it's all wrong also <laughs> it really drives me crazy now also keep in mind that you're coming into this as a, like a philadelphia person not as a movie goer but that's what i mean yeah like and i know that that's because i'm from philly and i used to take the l every day home from school in yeah. the eighth grade like and it's only one scene on the l i know and i know it's like i'm really hindering on it but it was so it's such an easy thing to do like you yeah. literally couldn't they didn't even try to yeah. make it look like the l for the people from Phil, like, if you know anything about Philadelphians, we'll go see anything if Philadelphia's in it. Yeah. So, you know how many Philadelphians are going to go see this movie. Yeah. And you didn't even try to make it look like Philly. Literally, the only thing they did in Philly was show the William Penn statue. And Love Park, which isn't there anymore. I don't even remember that being there. Yeah. I barely remember seeing that. I remember the Flash seeing yeah. of it, but that's it. But other than that, they, I just feel like they didn't try as hard as they... They didn't do as well as they could have to make it Philly. They could have... I don't know. I just... I'm a little, I'm a little, yeah. a little upset. So, I mean, you're right that like there. Okay. So a problem that we really had with the setting of Philadelphia is that it's fine if it's just like, oh, we're based in Philadelphia, but you'll watch the movie and sometimes you'll see the Philly pride and then other times it's totally ignored. Yeah. You know, you can't have, you can't have one or the other. Right. And there's some things that like Philadelphia has a lot of character behind it mm-hmm. and it, wasn't utilized in the way that I think the director pictured. Yeah. And there's some things that, I don't know, it, it just felt like, okay, sometimes we're going to remind you that we're in Philly, and then other times we're not going to remind you that we're in Philly. And I feel like with a movie like Shazam, 
Now, again, I don't know the comics. Maybe Philadelphia is a huge part in, in Shazam comics. Yeah, but, but they didn't portray that in the movie. But, yeah, it just felt like it didn't need to be specifically Philadelphia. Yeah, they could have just said he lives in a city. Because, honestly, most of the movie, I forgot it was supposed to be Philly. Yeah. Um, so that's our personal gripe. Keep that in yeah, mind. That's 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 personal. But that also went into my score. But... I, I think this was a fresh take on the superhero genre, where it was very lighthearted, less brooding. It was just mm-hmm. a really fun, um, it was just a really fun movie to watch, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know there's some Marvel movies, and I know this is DCEU, uh, but at the same time, with the DC movies, they've been very dark and brooding and brr. But this is a, a whole new step, right? Aquaman mm-hmm. did this, where it was very lighthearted. But this one is just like it's really taking those steps to really change the genre up. So I think it, it was a new yeah. breath of fresh air in that way. Would you say so? Yes. I don't know. But it also didn't really feel like a superhero movie to me. No. Um, it was also kind of predictable in a way. Yeah. So the ending was a bit predictable. But at the same time, I was satisfied well, with it. Well, not even the ending. It was mostly the middle parts like... With like the, the friend, act? yeah. Mm-hmm. After he got his powers, you kind of it was a little predictable. Yeah, and I it, don't know. It just I like the craziness and drama. Yeah. In superhero movies, like that's like I know you're like, oh, it's a fresh take on superhero, mm-hmm. but you watch superhero movie for a reason. Yeah. You watch it for the genre, and the way they changed it wasn't enough for yeah. me to make to convince me it was. Still in a superhero movie. I don't think it was predictive more than it was tropey. Yeah. Like there was a lot of uh, teenage movie tropes in it. Mm-hmm. Like the the bullies come in and the, the nurse take yeah. over the bullies. You know, uh, there's a lot of tropes with this movie where it, you know, it's a fresh take, but also they they take uh, scenes from other movies. It, it, it wasn't a fresh take in the way of like a directional yeah. pattern. It felt very... Like, it reminded me of like t- early 2000, like, like the pacifier type of movie. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. don't know why, but like, I just keep thinking. Like a family comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More like that where it's like, it's all predictable, but <laughs> it's funny. It's cute. Funny. Yeah. Like it was like that. That's the other thing. Um, Before we went into this, I watched a lot of reviews about this. I read a lot of reviews I and, didn't. Er- and everybody, well, yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I wanted to see like what other people think about this movie. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just like, this is so funny. Like, uh, like the whole time I was laughing. It was, it was so great. I don't know. I Maybe it was because we had a rough week. Maybe we need to go see it again. Um, well, like I was just going to say, like, maybe it's because we had a rough week. Maybe I'm not getting things. But at the same time, we still had a theater, like, pretty decently filled. And nobody was really. Yeah, I didn't even hear other people. Yeah. Like, nobody was really reacting to the yeah. movie. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that it's not funny, but I'm not trying to, I'm also trying to say that like it wasn't the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, you know? Yeah. Like uh it was it was funny, it had its humor, but don't go into it seeing like you're going to like burst your ribs. Yeah. You know, it, I it's again, the comedy's very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel good. It's it's a good comedy movie. It's a good like you said, I think it's a good family comedy. Yeah. You know. Um now the one thing I wanted to point out the CGI is rough. Like, yeah, a little. Uh, I'm not going to say what's CGI because it's kind of a spoiler. 
but the the characters that are CGI'd, it's rough. Yeah, there are times where you there are times that it's really good, and then mm-hmm. there are times where I'm just like, Ugh. there's times where I'm just like, am I watching Ghostbusters? Yeah, like <laughs> it was like, oh, that was that was bad. Yeah. Uh, and I understand that this is in Disney funds, but this is still WB funds, you know, yeah. it's still 2019. And I'm on the theory of if you can't afford it, mm-hmm. don't do it. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but like, and these times where movies are so up there and mm-hmm. so cinematic, <laughs> like visually amazing. Yeah. If you can't afford to make it visually amazing yeah. or appropriate. Yeah. Don't do it. Wait until you have the funds to make Shazam. Don't just make Shazam because you need to compete with Marvel. So let's go into our final ratings. We both gave it. I asked you, like, what would you give it? And I actually had the same exact ratings you did. Yeah. We both gave it a 7.5. Yeah. So, again, in our scale, between uh, a 7 and an 8, a 7 is a decent movie and an 8 is a solid movie. Yeah. So keep that in mind. It's between, like, a decent movie. Like, it's it's, yeah. it's fine. And it's, and it's a solid movie. I still think it, it was well worth our time. It wasn't a waste of time to watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it didn't blow our minds. It wasn't an yeah. 8 or a 9 or a 10. Yeah. You know, um, what do you think? Why, why did you give it a 7.5? Um, partially because of the Philly stuff. And partially. Partially? Par- yes, I told you that went into my rating. I'm very yeah. upset. You're very upset, specifically about the L. I know. I and I, I think I honestly because I took the L so much between middle school and high school. Like yeah. I lived half my life on the L. Yeah. I know what it looks like, and I just feel like it's just not that hard, even to take an a uh, train from another movie and customize it. Like it's just not that hard. Is there any other reason besides the L? Yes, I said partially. Yeah, but like. Um. Well, you know. I know. Um, but you just really hated the L. I really did. I did. Yeah. It yeah. was. It's just not that hard. Um, but partially because of the Philadelphia stuff, and partially because I want. I expected it to be a lot funnier, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Yeah. And like I said, I wasn't going into it thinking it was going to be a family comedy. I thought it was going to be a superhero movie. Right. Like, I don't know. It just. It just seemed like a very easy movie. Yeah. Like, it didn't seem like it took that much thought, you know, like, mm-hmm. it just seems like they wrote it, they're like, oh, look, a superhero movie. Right. And they, did, they didn't take that much thought or effort into it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I gave it a 7.5 because in the same way of you, mm-hmm. I, I thought I was going to go into a movie. I was going to, like, bust me out laughing. Um, Yeah, it was just too lighthearted for me, and mm-hmm. I don't think it... Yeah, and you're not even that into family movies. No, usually. I don't like feeling. Good. I have to like beg you to watch them with me. He yeah. hasn't seen Instant Family yet, and neither have I. And I really, 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 really want to see it. I don't like feeling good, but <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, but it had a satisfying ending. Nothing mind blowing, and it left you feeling with good terms. the The post credit and the mid credit scene were fine, um, but I gave it a seven point five because it wasn't horrible. I feel like I came out of it like Captain Marvel. You know, it wasn't phenomenal, but yeah. it wasn't even it wasn't above terrible. Av- it wasn't terrible. It was even way, way above average. Yeah. So I don't think it wasted our time. It's a fine movie. I think you should go see it and uh, take our reviews with a grain of salt because, again, we had a rough yeah. week. We had a long week. So maybe that played into it. So keep that in mind as well. You could give it yeah. a 9 or 10, and we totally respect that. Yeah. So... 
I think this is a good time to go right into our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw this week and we rank it three, two, one, just to keep you informed about what happened in the gaming industry in the past week. And let's just start off with the number three. And I am so excited for this. Oh dear. Uh, this is, if you could define what would be my perfect game, Everybody kept asking me that, like, oh, Adam, like, what would be your perfect game? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And then there's a teaser in the Division 2, and once this teaser came out, I was like, yeah, that's my perfect game. So there, Ubisoft <clears throat> uh, left a tease um, in Division 2 about the next Assassin's Creed game, and it's about Vikings, baby. Let's go! So, YouTuber, uh, okay, I'm sorry if I mispronounced this name, Jor Raptor, or Jor Raptor, um, found images of a Norse god, uh, and the poster had Valhalla written on it, and this uh, Norse god, or this uh, Viking warrior, was holding what was the Apple of Eden, uh, very much so into the Assassin's Creed lore, and it had Valhalla on it, and Kotaku confirmed this. There were some people on Twitter where it said, um, like, okay, here's some leaks. The next Assassin's Creed game will be in Rome, and the next Watch Dogs, uh, Watch Dogs 3 will be based in London. Uh, Jason Schreier, I remember, said, like, oh, well, one of those things is wrong. And it was the Assassin's Creed. Uh, Watch Dogs 3, indeed, is being based in London. And he, once this, um, once this uh, Jorah Raptor came out, mm -hmm. Jason Schreier said, that one is correct. And he said like, there's two independent sources that came to Kotaku and revealed that the next one will be uh, based around Vikings. Uh, and the project is codenamed Kingdom and will most likely release in late 2020. Isn't this awesome? It is. I'm actually very excited for it because we both really like Vikings. Our dog is named after a Viking. It is named after a Viking. And if we ever have a son, his middle name is a Viking name, isn't yeah. it? Um. Or no, that's just Hungarian, isn't it? Yeah, no. Um, so, I, want, I want to name him Ragnar, but... That's not going to happen. Yeah. That's just mean. Um, but yeah, our dog is named Floki. He's named after Hrafnar Floki Vrilgodarsson, uh, the Viking who sailed to, discovered, and named the country of Iceland. And we really like the show Vikings. Like, mm -hmm. we love Vikings. We yeah. think they're very interesting. Um, if you have any museum suggestions, please let us know. Yeah, please. Um... That would be so awesome. Besides in Norway, like in America. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to go to Norway. But oh, anyway, yeah. moving on. But we really love Vikings. So that's really interesting. I can't mm -hmm. wait to watch you play that. Um, the only thing is what our listeners don't know yeah. is that Adam has these phases. <laughs> he goes through phases a lot. Yeah. And um, he's been through the mob phase. Oh, the Italian mob. <laughs> where he kept. And he, it's not just like where he watches these things and yeah. does them a lot. He talks like them. All the time. Well, you think he's some kind of smart guy or something like that? He was said wise guy, wise guy so yeah. much <laughs> when he was going through his mob phase. And then when um, Assassin's Creed Pirates came out. Oh, yeah, the Black Flag. Adam was talking like a pirate and acted like a pirate. <laughs> and so now I'm just really, really worried about when this Viking one comes out. Because he already does it when we're watching Vikings. Mm -hmm. um, but now if we're watching Vikings and he's playing as a Viking for a long period of time, um, pray for me, guys. Because <laughs> I might kill him. They think I'm 28, but I'm actually a child. I know, dear. But that's the thing. Assassin's Creed is my favorite uh, game franchise ever. Don't at me. That's just who I am. 
but I, I've loved it since the beginning. I still remember when it came out in 2007, and I loved the game so much that like I would constantly go to my mom like, oh, I'm sick, I can't go to school. And, my, and I figured out my mom actually knew this. This is how awesome my mom is. She knew I was faking, but she she knew the reason why I was faking, and, yeah. she, and she let me like play Assassin's Creed. That's the Creed. other thing. When you play Assassin's Creed, like when you play the Ezio collection, mm-hmm. talks in an Italian accent all <laughs> day, all I'm, day. I'm so offensive. <laughs> but the Assassin's Creed series is my favorite. My my favorite. Um, I don't know, Viking like group people. I guess uh, historical group of people. I guess sure. Why not? Uh, but Vikings. Time period. Yeah, my time period. Um. But I, I just find the the subject so fascinating and mm-hmm. how they survived and and who they looted. Um, there's a lot there's a lot in Viking culture that is actually in Western culture today. But uh, more on that later. But we'll when have this, a whole separate podcast for our obsession of Vikings. But <laughs> when this released, uh, I still like I, I answered the question. What Adam? What's your perfect game? Assassin's Creed Vikings. Yeah, that's like my perfect that game. Really. They better do it well, because I think if they do it bad, you're going to cry. Yeah, because I was not a fan of Odyssey at all. But I don't like the team that developed. I did not like Syndicate. Yeah. I did not like Odyssey. If if it's uh, by um, Ashmael... Oh, man. Uh, I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. But uh, the man who did Black Flag and yeah. Origins... Your favorite? Yeah. Oh, uh, man. I feel so embarrassed that I don't remember his name. Anyways, but uh, but if he develops it... Like, game over, people. Like, that's going to be my game. Uh, but it's coming out in late 2020. I think that's a good time to release it. That mm-hmm. will be when the next generation of consoles come out. So Christmas, your birthday. Ooh, yeah. But this is my type of game, Assassin's Creed Viking. So I'm super stoked about this. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the number two gaming news. Yeah. Before I... Before we just keep talking about Vikings. Oh, like, seriously, so we good. love Vikings. Oh, man, I just I, the the possibilities behind this. But anyways, uh, the number two gaming news, Prince Harry, everybody. Um, OK, so I have probably an unpopular opinion about this next gaming topic. But Prince Harry wants Fortnite banned, calling the game design irresponsible. Uh, this is coming from an interview on BBC where Prince Harry um, expressed that Fortnite's uh, that Fortnite is too addictive for young kids. Uh, he said it's created to addict, uh, an addiction to keep you in front of your computer at, for as long as possible. The game design is irresponsible. Um, however, back in 2013, Harry did credit some of his skills in the Apache Gunner to video game controls. And people are just like, hey, man, I think you're n- missing the point here. You said that gaming helped you, but now you're saying games are bad. Unpopular opinion time. I think think that prince harry has a point okay now before you get your pitchforks out i'm sorry people but uh i i work with teenagers Mm -hmm. i worked with teenagers in the time where fortnite was in a rampant like when it first started and uh yeah um some of my kids cannot stop talking about fortnite they do the fortnite dances i know a kid who spent over 300 dollars on Fortnite, but that's all they ever do. They just sit and they play Fortnite. They don't play any other game, just Fortnite. And Prince Harry has a point here that it's created to addict. And I think that's exactly what the game design is supposed to do. Yeah. The whole point of Battle Royale is one more game, one more game, one more game, one more game. Yeah. So I think he does have a point here, but I understand why people are kind of 
upset at Prince Harry because it goes back to game addiction. You know, it's like, oh, well, games are an addiction. Yeah. You know? But what he's saying about specifically Fortnite, not video games, he said specifically Fortnite, yeah. he wants banned. Uh, what do you think about this? Um, I just want to point out, I think it's very funny that suddenly he feels the need to attack Fortnite. He's been a dad for like a I couple know. months, yeah. like his son's not even one yet. And he's just like suddenly getting all, all, all this. Ass- I just thought that was funny. Um, well, no, he said he said this before. He said this 2016. He said he went to a school of kids and they all played Fortnite. Yeah. And he's like, you really shouldn't play that. So he did. He did express yeah. this before. Um, I agree with where you said like, um, yeah. like, like, yeah, it is designed that way. And our kids are very obsessed with it. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard to get our kids off of really any games. Yeah. Um, There's one specific game sa- in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. I think the thing to keep in mind is that that's kind of the goal of any game mm-hmm. to keep you focused to keep on you it. Focus on it. They want you to play it. They want you to spend money on it. Like especially games like that. Like not so much the R. I mean, sometimes the RPGs, but like mm-hmm. other than the ones that have a clear cut storyline that you're following. Like there's no like oh one more or one more. Yeah. But the games like that where it's like Fortnite and Super Smash and even the games that when we were growing up like mm-hmm. Mario and things like that it, they're designed to keep you going and keep playing they want you to keep playing it yeah so yes i agree with him but at the same time that's kind of their entire goal they want kids to love these games so that mm-hmm. they buy other games and especially these days since they're all online you can download extra content you can buy new things so they, the longer you play yeah the more you want to buy stuff to enhance your experience yeah so while i agree with him he i think he's kind of missing the point that like that's the whole point. The entire company's goal is to get them yeah. to continue playing. Now, I want to make one last point on this. I, I was talking with one of my students. We were we were driving to um, the YFC banquet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we were talking with him. And I was like saying, like, there's these studies out there that uh, kids his generation uh, tend not to smoke as much as our generation, don't drink as much. They're not even oh, yeah. having as much sex as our generation Mm -hmm. and immediately this kid says well yeah it's because we have video games yeah and then i pointed out like well no our generation had video games not like this yeah and that's when i like corrected myself like but we didn't have generally games as a service like we we had world of warcraft but games today are designed as games as a service to keep Mm -hmm. you just like what prince harry said uh it's an addition to keep you in front of your computer for as long as possible and what this student's uh, point was was that, yeah, we're not going out there to buy cigarettes because we're inside playing Fortnite. Yeah. And I'm like, so there is some good to it. And I understand, like, where Prince Harry is coming in. Like, oh, it's yeah. an addiction. But they could be addicted to worse. Yeah. It goes back to that mentality of, like, I remember growing up, my mama, my mom sometimes complained that my sisters and I stayed in so much that mm-hmm. we weren't. Like, my sisters went out sometimes. But it's, like, uh, the big thing with us was that, like, you know, we could be out there with other with our other classmates. Like we grew up in Philadelphia. Like mm-hmm. we could have been out there partying, doing drugs, drinking. Yeah. Like we could have been doing all those things. Right. But her biggest complaint about me and my sister is that we stayed home a lot. Yeah. Like it could be worse. So yeah, your kid might be playing video games all the time and not go outside and play basketball or not go outside. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what he's doing outside when he's walking around the neighborhood with his friends. Like yeah. It's better that they're in your living room or in their bedroom playing, yeah. you know, Fortnite 
talking, still talking to his friends, yeah. playing Fortnite, than being out there smoking or drinking or doing God knows what. Mm-hmm. No, there was one time where I was at band practice and like someone just came to the garage. Like this just ended up being the best night of my life. Um, we didn't get in serious trouble, but you know they stopped us. Like, hey, you want to? It just started with, hey, you want to go to Chili's? And then I woke up the next morning in front of my drummer's garage. Yeah, and I asked you, I'm like, did your mom know where you were? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Did your mom know where you woke up? I don't know. Like, his mom literally (laughs) might not. I'm going to ask her and we go see her next. But she, uh, as far as we know, she has no idea where her teenage son was that whole night. It was a a different time. It was not a different time. So I think let's just jump right into it. Because, again, just like number three, we can talk about this forever. Yeah. Uh, which our number one, we can talk about. We could literally all three of these today. We could uh, talk about for the whole episode. Number one, Jason Schreier, man. He was on fire this week. Yeah, but that was a long article. He writes like an hour and a half to read. Jason Schreier writes a massive article exposing the real issues of Anthem. Now, whenever I generally write notes about this, I, I only give like three points and I only gave three points for the first half and I couldn't write anymore, but there's so many more points. But developers were unsure about the flying mechanics. They said maybe we can climb around, but they had to change the landscape of the world constantly throughout the development. Uh, for five years, from 2012 to 2017, the game had a lack of vision, clarity, and direction. And Andromeda was still coming, so they were worried about Andromeda. Uh, in 2017, uh, finally, after... Five years of just pretty much screwing around, they threw together a pretty demo for the EA CEO, like the mm-hmm. heads up. They just threw together something that looked pretty for the, uh, EA CEO at the time, uh, Patrick Sunderland. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, this is great. And that's what was shown in E3 2017. Yeah. And that was the first time developers saw this and like, oh, that's the game we're making. And there's just so much more. Please read the article. Please, please, yeah. please read the article. Liz, what were your thoughts about it? Um, it was so long. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, no, but it was shocking. Yeah. And really, there's no one to blame. Yeah, no. Like, really, it was no one's fault. They all were doing their job, sort of. The part yeah. where they're like, oh, it's the magic of... Oh, yeah, Bioware magic. Bioware magic. I was like, oh... You really shouldn't depend on the fact that your team always seems to pull stuff together. Yeah. Um, that shouldn't like I'm even like at jobs that I've done or with like my tech crews, it's it's never good to depend on it possibly yeah. all coming together. It's nice that it does, like sometimes you guys do it, but you lit- you should not be working the entire job depending on that magic. Like yeah. that's not how it should work. Other than that, I don't see it being anyone's specific fault. I think it's Bioware's upper management. Yeah. Um, and, and here, EA gave them a game like, hey, do this game. Mm-hmm. They didn't work on it for five years. Five years. They kept what? saying like, oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. And they kept not. And they said like no one was making a decision. No one was willing to stand up and say, this is what we're doing. Go make it. Yeah. Like it's your whole job. Like. It's your entire job to say, this is what we're doing. Yeah. You guys, you do this, you do this, you do this. Like, yeah, it's someone like, it's your job. Like that's poor management. It is. It's poor management. And the, the, they had what, three different directors on this one game throughout the entire year four, something like that. Like one guy was there and then he 
got moved to another game and then another guy came in and he quit and another guy came in and it yeah. was insane. So it's just, it was chaotic. I think this article really puts a light uh, not only the gaming industry, but what happens when you have bad management, period. Yeah. Bad management to any industry. Now, a lot of people are kind of like aggressive towards Jason, like saying like, um, especially Bioware, they put out a statement saying that like, oh, you know, we don't like it when you attack one person. Yeah. These articles come out to say like, this isn't right. Don't treat yeah. your people like this. Like the fact that people were... They took stress leaves, man. For months. Months. Month long stress. He said some people just didn't even come back. They left and they never came back. Yeah. Like, what? it's insane. It, That's not how things should be anywhere. Yeah. Bioware magic, people. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, the most shocking thing to me is that, like, it wasn't EA's faults. No. Like, the fact when it came to the point where it was talking about five years and they had nothing, like, EA... You know, Bioware went to EA and said, hey, we have a game. In 2012, they came like, oh, we have this game idea. EA said, okay, here's the funds. Five years later, they come back. Not six months, not a year, right? Where, yeah. okay, that's a little pushy. But they had five years. Mm -hmm. Like, think about that. In, in five years. So I was, I'm 28 now. <laughs> I was 23. So, like, think about, like, from the age of 23 to 28, and you gave me, I don't care what project it is. It could be like Adam design a video game, and in five years I should have at least something. Yeah. Just me. This is a whole development team. Yeah. This is Bioware, and when EA came to Bioware's door, knock knock, wh like what? How's your game going? Oh yeah, about that. Um, there's so much more we can talk about with this article. Uh, including how Bioware Edmonton and Bioware Austin were at war with each other. Yeah. Please read this article. I know it's a long one. Like, it's so long that yeah. I don't like to read things on computers, so I was about to print it out. So I copy and paste it onto Word, and it ended up being 40 pages, and I'm not going to print out 40 pages worth of ink. Yeah. So it was 40 pages on Word. And, and I read it on my phone, which took even longer. Yeah. But... But please read this article. It really puts a light on what the gaming industry goes through and why you should be demanding more of upper management, not developers, but upper management. Yeah. Because even developers like went up to management like, hey, we shouldn't be doing this. And upper management's like, no. Or they just straight up ignore yeah. them. So I don't want to get up any more of this. Um, but this was just a super shocking article and it was so well written. Yeah. I, I know we trope on Jason Schreier a lot, but when he does something right, he really does something yeah. right. Uh, also read his book, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, because that well, mm, it, it yeah. blew my mind. Uh, and this article felt like a chapter from Blood, yeah. Sweat, and Pixels. So, wowie, wow, wow, wow. Wowie, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So just to sum up, the top three gaming news from this week is Ubisoft left the tease in Division 2 about the next Assassin's Creed being about Vikings. Uh, Prince Harry said that Fortnite should be banned calling the game design irresponsible, which I tend to agree with, but that's not up to him. Uh, and Jason Schreier writes this massive article exposing the real issues behind Anthem. So if you're a fan of Anthem and you're just wondering why, what happened... Go read this article. Just Google Kotaku Anthem. Boom, you're there. Um, and look for the longest article on the yeah. page. Um, so I think that does it for top three gaming news. Let's just jump right into our... 
every single week we like to take a topic or a question about the gaming industry and just talk about it with you guys like we're at a uh, coffee table or whatever we're at. Um, this isn't a coffee table. This is more like a kitchen table that we're... It is a kitchen table. It we got it kitchen. out of our kitchen in our old house when I painted it. Yeah. Kitchen table. <laughs> so this is our talking time and we're going to go into a more of um, not really a controversial but a lot of people have been arguing the point for easy mode in games or difficulty in mm -hmm. games. I have more of an unpopular opinion about this subject, too. And I almost wrote an article about this, but I want to bring this to the podcast. Um, so this is about difficulties in games. And before we jump into this, let's preface this that. I nor Liz have ever beaten a From Software game. We've never been in a Dark Souls, Bloodborne. We haven't even touched Sekiro. Mm -hmm. um, I have not beaten Cuphead because I wanted to throw my controller at the TV, so I put it down. So we're not advocates, advocates for difficult mm -hmm. games. But let's talk about this. Uh, Liz, when, when a game is too difficult, what, what goes through your head? I stop playing it. End of podcast, people. Thank you, everyone. Um, whoa. Whoa, I don't know what that was. Yeah. Yikes. Um, no, like, when a game is too difficult, I get very frustrated. Um, yeah. I think it goes into probably a little bit of low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when I can't, fin like, accomplish a section or if I fail a section, especially yeah. in a game where, like, if you fail it and you don't get to redo it and, mm -hmm. like, they're like, well, moving on. Yeah. And that affects the game. Mm-hmm. That really bothers me, and I usually end up getting too stressed out and putting it down because I'm like, whatever, I suck, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, like there was um where I am stopped currently in Last Beyond of Us? or Beyond. Beyond Two Souls. Oh. Um. I couldn't get into the lair or whatever because mm -hmm. I couldn't get past everyone. Yeah. And she had to leave, and I was like, that affects the game. Yeah. Like. I didn't, I, like, I literally, and I think something had glitched in my game where, like, I couldn't find the key card. Like, I had checked, the person ended up being on, mm -hmm. I had checked them already. Like, yeah. I had walked around everywhere as this girl was slowly dying. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, and mm -hmm. I was so mad. And I'm like, and now I don't get to that point because now my game, my whole game is affected because I couldn't get into that room. And I'm just like. Yeah. And I was so frustrated. I had already had a long day and I was so frustrated. I was like, forget it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Put it down. Um, so, yeah, when there's like harder games that I can't get past, I get frustrated and put it away for a while. Mm -hmm. um, even Last of Us. I, I'm getting better at it. But when it was getting too hard, I would get so frustrated. I would just hand the controller. I'm like, get me past this. Actually, I did do that for a long time. I couldn't get past this level. And I was like, Adam, I need you to play and get me past this so I can play the rest of the game. Yeah. Um. So that kind of became our thing with Last of Us. We kind of played together. Like, I play everything until I can't do it. And then I give it to Adam. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But but that's the thing, though. It's like, I don't think you should call yourself, like, quote, unquote, a bad gamer because it's too difficult, mm -hmm. you know? Because um, you still enjoy video games. Yeah. No, Totally. And, and this is a this is a perspective I think we should change in the gaming culture between games that are too difficult or just get good scrub or whatever. And I think okay, so I didn't I didn't look up the quote, but I know he said this. But the the uh, developer 
or the lead designer behind the From Software games from Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro, um, he once said that his games aren't for skilled gamers. This isn't mm -hmm. for like a get good scrub. What he said that these games are for the people who are persistent. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree with him. Uh, when it comes to games, though, I just don't have the time to be persistent in one game, mm -hmm. you know. Now, when when this whole like elitist gamer comes in like, oh, you're a bad gamer. Oh, oh, maybe it's just too hard for you or blah, 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 yeah. like excuses. But the original designer behind these games said, no, 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 no. Like, it's not that you're bad. It's not that you're not skilled. It's that like. You need to be persistent. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to look out for the weaknesses. You need to look out for this. You can't just go in sword swinging. Yeah. It's a lot like life where you think that life is too difficult, but life isn't difficult. You just need to be persistent in life. Yeah. You know, um, what do you think of that mindset in terms of difficult games? It's not about being skilled. It's about being persistent. Um. I don't know, because to me, like, I don't know, any gamer I've come in contact with, mm -hmm. they all get extremely frustrated if they can't get past the level. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I've just never seen a gamer be so persistent that, like, they're okay with continuously failing mm -hmm. in a game. Well, I think that that just goes into personalities. Yeah. You know, they're still driven. Like, me and you are completely different people. Um one of the things you see about me is that, like, I'm persistently stubborn and I mm -hmm. will just, like, beat my head against the wall until pretty much I get my way. Yeah. But you're a person that just says, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, you're a weak person, but you're the person that says, like, okay, that didn't work. I should find another path. Yeah. Whereas I will, like, no, no, no. It I has can, to be this way. It has to be this way. I will be that dude in, in the train station trying to go through the wall to get to Hogwarts Express and you're like, Adam, Adam, no. We no, can no. just go through the toilet. We can just go through the toilet. And like, no, no, no. It has to be here. <laughs> but I think that games need to be just for the gamer's personality. Yeah. Here, yeah. You know? And I don't think there should be this elitist way. But I like that mindset be be behind the director behind from software games is that this isn't for skilled players. This is for persistent players. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like that mindset. It takes away the elitism that yeah. like you're not good at it because you're a good gamer. You're good at it because that's just who you are. That's your personality. Yeah. That's your difficulty. Um, I also wrote down Cuphead also never felt unfair. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was merely a puzzle game. Yeah. You know, a puzzle game with the combat. I put it down because that's not something I want to be persistent with. Yeah. But. I also wrote down on my notes here, speaking of puzzle games, uh, a game like The Witness. Yeah. Right? Why isn't there an easy mode on The Witness? You know? Yeah. It's a difficult game in a different perspective. Yeah. There's difficulty in the combat and there's difficulty with the mind. Right? Yes. And I think a lot of people are just focusing on difficulty with combat and they ignore... Like, well, why doesn't games like The Witness or, um, oh, what's that one game in space that's a strategy game? Um, oh, I lost it. Um, but in strategy games and yeah. puzzle games, why don't these games have a quote-unquote easy mode? Yeah. You know? Uh, but what, what do you think of that perspective? I agree with that because I was thinking before when you said, like, me and you are very different. Yeah. 
you always say that I live in the gray mm-hmm. and you're very black and white. Yes. Which is why you have a harder time with those puzzle games mm-hmm. than I do. Like, I love watching Adam play The Witness because he goes and goes and can't. I'm like, honey, it's this. And he's like, what? Yeah. How did you know that? Yikes. Um. Like, he gets so frustrated. And I'm just like, it's not that hard. And, like, even in, like, mentally gifted programs, yeah. we had a lot of those growing up in Philly in our public schools. We had yeah. mentally gifted programs. Mm-hmm. They tested for puzzles. You can know your math and spelling and yeah. everything easily, but can you do puzzles? Because right. they, you know, to be mentally gifted, you need to cover all the aspects. I'm sorry. I keep hitting my microphone and doing things. Yeah. But, um... So I think that's where yeah. that personality comes in. Like, you yeah. you try the puzzle games because you want to be good at them, yeah. and they're difficult for you because that doesn't come natural to you. Yeah, I, and she's right. I I'm definitely the the black and white mentality, uh, and I and that's why I'm so bad at a game like The Witness because <laughs> you're not terrible at it. No, but but that's the thing. The Witness, the puzzles are all about changing your perspective, yeah. living in that gray. Like it's not. It's not a puzzle where you can just look at it and be like, oh, that's how you solve it. Yeah. And that's why I find difficulty with it because I need to change my perspective. Mm-hmm. In the same way with difficult games like From Software games or Cuphead or even Celeste, you know, it comes with perspective changes. You need yeah. to be persistent. You need to, it punishes you because you didn't pay attention to the lesson it's trying to teach you. Yeah. You know? But that's the same thing. I don't I, I'm I'm not sitting on a fence here. I think that developers need to just make the games that they want to make. Yeah, because if they were interested so it, most developers, you don't make a game you wouldn't play. Right. So if you make a game that you want to play, chances are there are other people out there who also want to play a game like that. Yeah. You know, like you can't be the only one who wants a game like that. Yeah. So if you make a game that you want to play, then there will be, be people out there who want to play. It might not be the masses. It might not be a game that takes over the entire gaming community. Yeah. But if you make a game that other people want to play, then you're still, you're going to, you might not have as many customers, but you'll yeah. have more satisfied customers. And that's the thing. It's like those kinds of people who play persistent style games, one, I don't think you should be an elitist. I don't think you should wear that as a badge. Like, well, I'm a better game than you because I play from soft. That's like me. I love spicy food. Like, bring it on. Like, yeah. especially with Indian food, I, I want my mouth on fire. I don't want to survive to see another day, you know? Whereas it, I enjoy a little zing. Yeah. But more of like on the buffalo end. Yeah. Or like dipping it where I get to control it. Like I like a little bit. Whereas Adam, he wants it coated in like Yeah. He wants when he has something spicy, he wants it to be wet, spicy, like yeah. covered. And I'm just like, oh a little dip. Yeah. I, I want to go through like an Indian tribal ritual where I get to see like ghosts coming out of my face. Yeah. Like kind of spicy. But that's the thing though. I don't go to other people with food and just say like, oh you're only using salt and pepper, scrub, get good. Yeah. It's just that here's the thing. Like, I want my food the way I want my food, but I don't I shouldn't be punished by people who use salt and pepper, like saying, like, well, I want to try buffalo wings. Okay, well, then you should try buffalo wings. Or you should try Indian food, not not yeah. take out Indian food. I talk about real Indian food mm-hmm. where it will set your face on fire, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with easy mode and from software games you're just saying like well i want to experience sekiro you can you you totally can it's just about persistence and 
putting it in easy mode will not solve anything because you're not experiencing the game that the game designers yeah. want you to do. They are trying to walk you through with a lesson. Yes, there's some characters in Dark Souls where you, you're just like, okay, that's some bull crap. But for most of the time, the game is so balanced and it's trying to show you that like, yeah. no, 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 no. We're trying to show you, but you're going into it too like trigger happy. Yeah. Like, well, that's like with me with The Last of Us. Like yeah. I, this is the first game I've played with combat yeah. style stuff. Mm -hmm. and so I wasn't good at it. So I knew I put it on easy mode, mm -hmm. but it's still a hard game for me because it's not what I'm used to. Yeah. Like, even so, like you're saying, like, even if it does have that scale, it's still going to be difficult. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah, I'm getting better at it, mm -hmm. but having on easy mode hasn't helped. I still die a lot <laughs> in yeah. Last of Us. <laughs> now, that's the other point I, I made. Like, there's some difficulty choices. Like, I appreciate games, like, from software or... Uh, excuse me, uh, from software or The Witness, where there's no difficulty change. It's just like, here's the game. Good luck. But when there's like different diff difficulty changes, I wrote this down that some difficulties in some games differ from others. It's a lot like trying to buy a shirt. You know, I'm, de I'm generally a medium shirt, but then like I'll get a medium from another brand. I'm like, mm -hmm. is, a, is this a child's medium? Yeah. <laughs> but... And in the same way with that, like you you put normal on one game, but then you go on normal on like a naughty dog game. Yeah, they're very done, different. Yeah, it's completely different, right? Whereas something like a from software game or The Witness, where there is no difficulty, this is the game. This is what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, you know there there is no easy mode, um, and, and but that's a that's the other point I I want to make. Um, uh, well, just you know, just to finish that out. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you put an easy mode on there. It's just, it's not going to be gauged in the yeah. same way. The game is the game is the game. Like, that's yeah. it. And if you're going to make a, a quote-unquote difficult game, but I like what the developer said. I know his name, but I can't remember how to pronounce it. So I'm just going to call him the developer from software. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> but the mechanics and the, con and the controls of the game need, they need to be on point. Like there can't be any latency. There can't mm -hmm. be any slow movement. There can't be there. Every single mechanic and um, development of the game and the controls, they need to be pristine. Right. Yeah. Because that will make the game unfair. Right. Mm -hmm. The one thing I loved about Cuphead is that whenever I died or even Celeste, like with Celeste or Battletoads or even uh, Contra, all these games have pristine controls and you just put that in a controller and I blamed myself because mm -hmm. the controls are so pristine, you know, especially like Celeste. Celeste, uh, whenever you do the jump movements, like I knew how to do it, but I just wasn't executing it well. Yeah. And I never blamed the game for it. It was just that uh, I was blaming myself. And that's that you can tell is a good, difficult game is that the controls and the mechanics of the game are pristine they're on point there's no latency you should be blaming yourself whenever you die mm -hmm. not the developer right and i'm not trying to shame you as a gamer right to say that like oh if you can't do it you should blame yourself but that's what these games want you to do yeah. they, they want you to learn they want you to get better yeah it's the same thing like learning a sport you know yeah you're not going to go on the basketball court and just dunk immediately. Yeah. You need to be persistent. You need to put time in. Yeah. You know, 
and I and I think these games can be like a sport sometimes. Yeah. You need to yeah. Like I mean, like games have always said that games are supposed to help your hand-eye coordination. Yeah. You're not going to go in unless you already have good hand-eye coordination. Right. But even if you do, it's still going to help build that. So even if you go in not doing so well, you'll eventually start getting there and get better and you'll get a little faster and you'll remember mm-hmm. where what button does what and you won't have to look or think so much. Yeah. I know I keep going back to The Last of Us, but like I said, that's my first experience with combat in a video game. Yeah. And I'm getting better at it. I need Adam less and less yeah. to help me through a fight. Yeah. You know, so it's those things where it's like, even if it doesn't have an easy mode or anything, like you'll eventually get there. It might take you a while, mm-hmm. but you'll get there. Exactly. And and that's what's so great about from software games. I've never beaten one. That's because I didn't put the time in. That's why I don't have the time for it. it, You need to go into it with a different perspective, both with the elitist gamer saying that like, oh, I'm so good. I'm just so great at this. Like, no, you're not. You're just you were just persistent with it. You 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 put in your time. And the same thing with people who say like, oh, it needs an easy mode. I I can't do this without an easy mode. You just need to put in the time. Mm -hmm. And I and I and I just thought of it on the spot with the sports thing. But it's a lot like skateboarding, you know, it, you can't just say like, oh, I can't do an ollie. So like, oh, it, you know, skateboarding yeah. is easy mode, which there are. They're called skater trainers. But <laughs> like, no, you just need to put in a time. You need to put in the effort. Right. Yeah. You need to look at yourself like, OK, am I doing this right? Go on YouTube. Like, yeah. How's you, the Yeah. Yeah. How, how's the proper uh, ollie supposed to look like? Mm-hmm. Am I doing things right? Same thing with Sekiro, uh, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Cuphead, Celeste, Contra, Battletoads, all the other games, Witness. These are all games where are you blaming the developers because you didn't put in the time? And, I'm, and again, I'm really trying not to shame the gamers like, like, oh, get good scrub. But it really is. Yeah. Just like I, I'm putting in a way of not like elitist gamers like, oh, you just need to get good. No, it's just that it, it's just like any other sport. You need to put in the time. You need to put in the effort. Mm-hmm. You need to look for your mistakes and and improve yourself. You yeah. Know? But me and Liz, we don't want to improve ourselves when we come to gaming. We want to relax with gaming. So the games yeah. aren't for us. Yeah. But I'm still going to buy Sekiro someday <laughs> when it goes on sale. Um, any other thoughts on this? Um, not really. Yeah. I think we kind of said our piece <laughs> on it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I think this is like what we're trying to say with this is, you know, a message to both sides here. Yeah. You shouldn't wear it like a badge of honor in the same way. Like if you go to a skate park and you don't know how to skateboard, are you going to continue skateboarding when like people like other skaters are just like, oh, get good scrub. I don't know why I did that. What was that? Get good scrub. Um, y- y- because you don't know how to ollie. No, you would continue skating. Mm-hmm. Right, you'll continue skating when other skaters are just like, "Hey, man, like I'm, I'm just so glad you're you're getting into the sport. You're mm-hmm. perfecting yourself. Can I, can I give you some tips? Can I help you out? Like being a good person to mm-hmm. the person coming into the skate park. Same thing with difficult games. You know, don't look at them like, "Oh, why aren't you so good?" Say like, "Hey, man, I really want to help you out here. This is such a great world, and you feel great about yourself when you beat a boss here. Yeah, can I help you out? I love how you're getting into these games. Yeah, not an easy mode. And that's the other thing on the other side, saying like, "Oh, it needs an easy mode. It needs an easy mode. 
no, you need to understand what the developer is trying to communicate to you, mm-hmm. what lessons they're trying to give you, what what your mistakes are. Yeah. Because if you put it in an easy mode, it's a lot like life. There's no easy mode in life. You need to be persistent and look for mistakes and going uh, per- pursuing other things, um, pursuing other paths. Yeah. W- whenever you go to a boss and you're just a trigger happy, you need to go into different paths. Mm-hmm. Be patient, parry, right? And that's the thing about these games is that I don't think an easy mode is the right answer. I think the persistence and the lessons learned and putting in the time, that's what the beauty of these games are. Yeah. But again, as we close out this topic, we still have not beaten a From Software. I have not beaten Cuphead. I have beaten Celeste. You did. But um, I um, I may have used assist mode on uh, the last level. I'm not going to say if I did or not, but I definitely did. <laughs> but I didn't use assist mode until I got to the last part of yeah. level and I was just so exhausted. And it's like, okay, now you're at Celeste Mountain. Climb to the top. And I was like looking how long it was. I'm like, all right, assist mode, please. Thank you very much. We're just going to breeze this through. All right, I beat the game. Woohoo! <laughs> but that's the thing. I When I got to the top, I didn't feel satisfied, though. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't put in the work. I didn't, I didn't put in the time. I didn't put in the effort because I just yeah. put on the assist mode. But I put in the time with all the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So enjoy your games. But there's some games where it's just not for you. I won't even say that. Like if you don't if if it's not going to give you pleasure, if it's not going to give you pleasure to be persistent. Yeah. Because like I don't want to be the other side. We're saying like, oh, it's not for you, scrub. Well, no, I but know what you're saying. Yeah. Though, but yeah. What were, you, what were you trying to say? No, like I was just saying like, um. <coughs> If you're not finding joy in the game and you don't want to go through that struggle yeah. of ex- of trying, you just you're like us, you just want to enjoy a game and relax with it, then it's not for you. Like not every game needs to be for you. Yeah. I have put down uh Cuphead and I will probably never play it ever in my life. Nope. I got halfway through it and I'm like, no thank you. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah. I'll just continue playing Gears of War, thank you very much. Um, I think we can wrap up, wrap up this discussion. Yeah. And that's the other thing. This is a conversation. This is a discussion. And we hope that you continue this conversation. We know that our um, generally our takes on this isn't the most popular one where mm-hmm. like, okay, easy mode isn't the answer. But it gets the conversation started. And that's yeah. what this podcast is all about. Getting a conversation started instead of just yelling each other at Twitter. Let's talk. You know, let's let's have opinions woohoo opinions aren't they so great um but yeah let's close this out we just want to give one final shout out to our social media pages uh, definitely follow us on twitter at gaming groceries or follow us individually i'm at ace the grocer and i'm at journey first so you can follow us there hang out with us talk with us uh, or give your hate how i don't give good puns on this podcast but they're still going to be here um and also check out uh our instagram games and groceries all one word check out our website gamesandgroceries.com you can listen to our episodes on the website i will be writing articles at least once a week hopefully on the website so you can check those out i just didn't get to this week because it was kind of a rough week to be honest with you uh and definitely check out our boy absolute prodigy on twitch he uh usually streams tuesdays and thursdays uh definitely check him out on twitch uh, and finally, if you're going to give us a rating, if you made it this far, you'll love us a lot. If you could 
uh, give us a rating on a website called Podchaser. Podchaser.com is a is a beta website where it ranks different podcasts, gives recommendations, and it's in the early stages. So if you go to Podchaser.com, uh, search us in the search bar and give us your honest feedback, you know, an honest five-star rating oh on it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, just because it's in the early stages, and we want to see where this website goes. So give us an honest rating on Podchaser.com. I think this is going to wrap us up with this week's episode. Uh, please don't hate us. I'm just kidding. Um, but thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. Please continue the conversation with your friends or with us on Twitter. We just set our Twitter handles there. So thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope to see you here next week. We love you very much and have a good week. <laughs>